We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Andy has his hand up. Andy, uh, we do have an order, but did you want to respond to this whole RJ diving discussion? Uh, not really. I just wanted to switch gears here a bit. Is that okay? All right. So let's get we have let's get to um let's go to Mensa and then we'll get to you. Um, and so thank thank you for waiting. Um, but we'll get to Mensa and then we'll definitely get to you. What, what was the question? Maybe I'll maybe I'll respond to. Oh, we we're just discuss- we we're just talking. I well, I just said that um. The two things that bothered me the most yesterday about RJ were the fact he went two of twelve, and then that there were two there were two opportunities for loose balls that RJ didn't go after. And Kevin responded like, "Well, he's not physically able to." And I just don't buy that you are not physically able to make an attempt to try and get the ball. Not that you have to get the ball, but make an attempt because yeah, this I is agree. the this is to me it's the playoffs. Like try, yeah. yeah, that's all. He does look like he's half-assing it out there sometimes. But we'll see. All right. Well, let's get to Mensa. We'll get back. Let me ask you my question about Josh Hart, or should I wait a little? Uh, wait, hold on. Let me get to Mensa, and then you are next. I promise you. Um, Mensa, welcome to the stage. Uh, what you got for us? What's up, man? Hey, 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 fellas, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. Right, perfect, perfect, perfect. I just wanted to come up here and um, spread my own personal propaganda that the Knicks. Um, I'm sorry, guys. Cleveland can't handle us. Um, I know we look at the stats that says they were the number one um, defense in the league. I know we see all the time that, oh, not all the time. We see that uh, their adjusted net rating is second in the league. That's cool when they against everybody but us. But we are their kryptonite. And I've been believing that for a long time. And I feel like I'm at a place where I can like elocute and eloquate my thoughts in a way that doesn't make me seem like, you know, the the hyped up Knicks fan. So the first thing is their defense is great, but they're a poor rebounding team. And what team in the NBA other than the New York Knicks is perfectly suited to go up against a defense that will force shots, will force you to miss shots and make you take shots you don't want to take, but they can't rebound other than one of the top offensive rebounding teams in the NBA. And we saw that bear out throughout the season that the Knicks is one of the, one of the best offensive rebounding teams. And then I believe that, um, what they were, what bottom 10, 21st in rebounds, uh, Cleveland. So that's the first advantage that showed up last night. I think we beat them all. I think we out rebounded them by 13. That's the first thing. The second thing again is Evan Mobley is their best defender. He's their defensive player of the year candidate. 
but he is currently Julius Randle's parking spot. Whatever Julius Randle wants with Evan Mobley, he gets. He can take him off the dribble. Evan Mobley is not actually able to defend in space. At least he can't defend Julius Randle in space. And when Julius Randle wants to move him, Evan Mobley moves. He's been, he is bullying him. So just that physicality right there is taking their best defender out of the game. The whole spider dynamic. And this is something that um, I think I said in the Knicks Film School um, substack that everybody's worried about Donovan Mitchell and his ability to go off. And don't get me wrong. He's one of the premier um, scorers in the NBA this season. He will be, deser- and deservedly so, he will be all-NBA first team. I don't think it's arguable. He he's probably the first guard when it comes to votes. However, we have seen that he lets guys go 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 bucket for bucket with him. We saw it last year with Jalen Brunson going bucket for bucket with him, and then we saw it two years ago when um, Jamal Murray went bucket for bucket for him. And the the common denominator in both of those series is that the Jazz lost. The Jazz lost to the Denver Nuggets in seven, and they lost to the Dallas Mavericks in six. And Luka Doncic was not healthy for that from a good portion of that series. I think it was either two games or three games. He missed three games. On the top of my head. Missed three games, and they still lost, right? So when it comes to the Knicks and the Cavs, we it's easy to get bogged down on the EPM numbers and all these numbers that point to one thing. But when you do a little more digging and you see what the Cavs struggle with, it's, it's what the Knicks are good at. The Knicks are a better rebounding team, like, and they're an excellent rebounding team. You can be great at defense. You can force a team to miss a shot. But in order to end a defensive possession, you need to rebound the basketball. And you saw it last night. They couldn't do it. And, they, and it's not like they're going to just somehow magically become better at rebounding in this series. I, I don't see them winning two games. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't see it. I know what the stats say. I know we have to have all this respect for Ohio and everything, but I don't know. Last night kind of proved it to me. We did not play a good game. We controlled all 48 minutes of that basketball game. There was there was a point where yeah, Cleveland got cute and Donovan Mitchell started doing his Donovan Mitchell thing, screaming even though he's down five, which I thought was very weird. But he was trying to rally the troops because he knew that they needed that. He, Donovan Mitchell to me, when I was watching him try to get his team involved, he's diving in the crowd. He's trying to, you know, um, fabricate some violence between um, Jared Allen and Julius Randle, make it seem like there was more there than there actually was. Like, to me, that says this man knows his team is not up for the task and he has to artificially hype them up because they didn't have the juice and the Knicks came to play. They were juiced, they were ready, and intensity-wise, I should say, because we saw Quentin Grimes not be Quentin Grimes. We saw Emmanuel quickly, I don't know who that was. It looked like Emmanuel quickly touched the Space Jam ball and had all his powers taken because that is not the player that I've been caping for and standing for against Boston and the, and the greater NBA. That is not the player that Andrew Claudio ethered Greg Anthony for. That was not the guy. We didn't get him at all last night. Jalen Brunson. Like the game that we played last night, I, maybe that was – what, 60% of who the Knicks are supposed to be? R.J. Barrett had a good – had well, he didn't have a good game. We don't have to discuss R.J. Barrett because that, that just becomes a topic of its own. But he did have some moments. Um, he gave you about – this is what I'll say about it, and I'll leave it here. He gave you about what you would have expected considering the trends of where his game has gone for the season. So R.J. Barrett really wasn't 
I would I, I can't say confidently that I can expect a better version of RJ Barrett going forward. But the rest of the guys on the team, absolutely. Julius Randle. Julius Randle had a great first half, kind of teetered off in the second half, and we still beat them. And it wasn't just the way that we beat them. It's not that to me, it's not that we snuck one out. We controlled the game. We made them play our game in their building. So I don't know, guys. I think it's looking great for us. I'm very confident that around around Eid Mubarak, the Knicks will be facing the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round of the playoffs because I don't know, man. This Cleveland team, they're not up to the task. I saw a lot. Game one, they did not come out ready. And that means that means a lot to me. In a, in a playoff setting, in your building, you're a young team, you need game one. They couldn't get it. And it, and it was like they, they were grasping, grasping, grasping. It didn't happen. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, Mensa, as always. And you can catch Mensa with me and XJ every Friday on Casual Friday on the Knicks Film School podcast feed, available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, let's go to Andy. Andy, thank you for patiently waiting. Um, what you got for us? Yeah, I think Josh Hart was the winning player, and the momentum shift that shot he took uh, really switched the game up. What do you think? Oh, I think that that listen, he is like Mensa said that the IQ we saw yesterday was not the IQ that we're used to. But, you know, this team all year has been next man up and 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 Josh Hart stepped up 17 big points, 11 rebounds, I believe, eight of 11 from the field. He, It's the honestly, though, it's not just I mean, his numbers, his numbers were obviously amazing, but. It's just all the little things that he does that gets unnoticed. And you just need those type of players on your team. He's not going to be your star. Like, you have your stars, but you need those type of players to just have a successful team. Because you can just tell, everything that he does is always about team first. No, I I, I agree. Um, like, he's a winning player. Um, listen, John said it last night in the post game and he quoted Draymond Green and Draymond Green is exactly right. There are 82 game players and there are 16 game players. Josh Hart is actually both, but he's definitely a 16 game player. Like teams, good teams have guys like Josh Hart in their championship yeah. level teams have guys like Josh Hart in their team. Um, like, could you like, for example, like I'm what, like no ego. It's all no yes. ego. You know, you need guys on the, you need guys on your team that don't have an ego and and just don't care. You just look at his stat line. It could be like zero points, but he just affects the game. He's playing hard throughout every 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 situation you could tell. He just plays hard and it's all intensity with him. You, you listen, I'm watching the I'm watching this uh Memphis uh, LA game right now. Imagine if the Grizzlies switched Dylan Brooks with Josh Hart. They might win the championship. Because I'm on record. I'm just like quick like a quick uh quick diversion. Um you cannot win a championship when your three and D guy shoots 31% from three and gives himself the yeah. green light. Yeah. So uh Hundred yeah. percent. Um, anything else, Andy? Do you think the Knicks have a good chance against the Celtics? Say that again. Do you think the Knicks have a good chance if they were to go past Milwaukee and let's just say they play the Celtics? Bro, if they beat the listen, if they beat Milwaukee, I'm I'm getting Finals T-shirts made. Like, <laughs> I, I, listen, man, 
if they beat Milwaukee, now I will say this: I'm I'm with Kevin that I can see Milwaukee push. I can see the Knicks in a potential series against Milwaukee push that series to seven. I think I've even said it on on spaces. Hey, I, Sean, I said the Cavs. I, the, I don't see the Knicks pushing this. The 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 the, the, the uh, Milwaukee. To seven. Oh, um, well, yeah. Well, I, I think. Well, I well, I think they could. Because I just the only problem is the only problem is what bodies can you really throw at Giannis besides Josh Hart? So my my uh here's my here's my I can't believe I'm talking about a potential Milwaukee matchup. Here's how here's how I read a potential Milwaukee matchup. After game one, man. <laughs> well, I've said this for I've said this for weeks, but um, back when we, you know, when Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston were playing the little musical chairs, and there was a possibility that Milwaukee might have been three or what have you, like the what we do is the perfect antidote for what Milwaukee wants to do, because we will wall off the paint. Listen, Milwaukee is not a great three-point shooting team and their best player is at his best when he is at when he is going to the basket or at the rim and we know a Tom Thibodeau team will wall off the paint and yield open threes to certain shooters so listen that game in the garden in late October early November that game, listen, like Giannis got his, they couldn't do anything, and then Drew Holiday and, and Pat Content caught on fire. That was January, by the way. That was January. God, I'm old. Um, are, are you sure it was January? I wish I'm sure. I remember it being during my winter break and being at a friend's house watching. Okay, it. um, so. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so I do think that 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 I don't think they will beat Milwaukee. Let's be clear. But I do see that series going to seven because rebounding travels, defense travels. And like I said, our defensive, the Tom Thibodeau defensive scheme is exactly how you want to play against Milwaukee, where you say, who, go ahead. Who would you rather, who would you be more afraid of if you were like, would you, would we ra- rather play the, the Bucks or the Celtics? The Celtics. You'd rather play yes. the Celtics. And I'd rather play the Celtics for two reasons. One, I be I know that we've been successful, um, like during the season. I just, just talent wise, the Celtics just have it from everywhere. Well, you know what? Now we're getting now we're going off the rails. But listen, so obviously, listen, Brown and Tatum. Tatum is it. Tatum is is clear, right? Um, Brown and I wish actually was here. Uh, Jalen Brown is trick or treat. To say to say the least, um, Marcus Smart is obviously good, but like he is not like like I think Mensa says all the time, like he just like falls on people and gets and, and just falls over and gets foul calls. Um, Time Lord can't stay healthy. Um, what actually would scare me is if Time Lord actually didn't play because then they could play Al Horford and then they could play five out and that kind of neutralizes Mitch. And but also I it, Joe Mazzulla versus Tom Thibodeau, give me Tom Thibodeau. Um, Joe Mazzulla, like, I uh, yeah, I, 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 we win the, we win that matchup, and then like we, like I said, we have two, like we have two guys who can outplay your best guy, like maybe not every single game, maybe not better. I'm not gonna sit here and say that Julius Randle's better than Jason Tatum. That's or ridiculous, right? But do we have two guys that can play on the level of your guy? So 
I it would be it wouldn't be I wouldn't necessarily be afraid of the Celtics. I'm more afraid I'm more afraid of uh Milwaukee than the Celtics. All right, thank you, Andy. Um, Kevin, you're gonna say something? Yeah. So I have one retort or question where there's a right answer. Um, and then I have a question, and then from that I have a question to the group. It's a general NBA question. So I it's weird to me that like it's clear to me that like the refs call um, a more uh, let more physicality go by in the playoffs, which I think benefits the Knicks in the series. But that's sort of beyond the point that I'm making. So why I just heard a stat that there are actually more stat more fouls called in the playoffs, and thereby um, this this is a myth. Why is that a bad? Why is that a false assertion? Wait a minute. Say that part, last part again. So. I heard. I just read a stat that there are more uh, that there uh, that there are more fouls called in the playoffs, and thereby they uh, stat the uh, and thereby it, it is a myth that the game gets physical. Why is that a false assertion? Why I have no idea. Because of selection bias, right? Because a because the, the from the plays that are made. Teams are generally more physical in the playoffs, and, are, and teams are generally more physical because they know they are allowed to be more physical in the playoffs, which is hence why you see generally lower scoring in the in the playoffs. So I wonder why that's the case. Like why, like there was a clear call to be honest at the end of the game where I thought Donovan Mitchell got bumped. He, he ended up missing, and Jared Allen tipped it in. Um, that I think they called during the regular season. And I liked the no call because I thought it was incidental contact. But I wonder, other than just like being a playoff whistle, which honestly, like I watch baseball, it doesn't really, it's not like the strike zone changes in baseball. So I don't get why. So I I, I guess I wonder like why the playoff whistle is a thing, why it exists. Um why? Oh, so why is there more? Like, so why is the playoff whistle a thing? I mean, Mensa. Oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I wanted to say that the playoff whistle is a thing because the closer you get to a title, is the less you want referees deciding games. So, like, referees are not going to call. Like, the game is going to get more physical, and of course, they will have to adjust. You can't just let guys maul each other. So they probably do call more. Um, well, if the status is they're calling more um, more fouls during the game in the playoffs, yeah. But, yeah, no. The closer you get, because why is a guy like James Harden suddenly become ineffective in the playoffs? Because he's a foul baiter, and you're not going to be able to bait fouls at the highest level of the game. So I think that's just kind of why, you know, because you don't want referees deciding these games that mean so much to everybody involved. But why do you want refs to decide? Like, why isn't that – an, an equal whistle during the regular season. Why don't they they just call a more physical? Because you don't want refs. To, why do you, why do you want a ref deciding a regular season game? Uh, I, I don't think you ever want a ref deciding a regular season game. It's just there's more pressure on referees to not fuck things up in the playoffs. To put it, um, you know, plainly. And so I, I think you never want referees. But like, it's like you really, really don't want them to decide a game in the playoffs because you know guys get really upset. And it, there's, a, there's just a, I, here's what I'll say. You see how like now like there's less like everybody is saying that there is less room for error for RJ Barrett because it's the playoffs. 
Like, why would there be room for error for R.J. Barrett in the regular season? It's kind of the same concept, right? Like, they're lower stakes games. So, like, you are a little more patient, but your patience gets thinner as things get um, more valuable. I, I guess that's my way to play it. Well, and, and to piggyback off of that, Kevin, what I will say is this. Like, how many times have you seen um, fouls that are called in the first 46 minutes that aren't called in the last two? Because it's like, oh, last two minutes, oh, you, 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 it has to be a, it has to be a murder for them to, for it to be a call. Because, like Mensa said, refs don't want to decide game. They'd rather, they'd rather not, they'd rather not have to blow the whistle than blow the whistle. So I think that is why you see more. You see, you you will see more physicality because they'll let you get away with more things. Now I will say this. The NBA will, and I know this, they will send certain crews when they want certain things to go a certain way. So, for example, if there's a crew that calls more fouls um, than than other crews, and let's say, oh, I don't know, the Lakers are down 2-1. Oh, look who's here for game four. It's Scott Foster's music. Um, so that is a thing. So I would say, like, yes, the, the there is more physicality because referees do not want to decide a game because they don't want to be some ref, most referees, I would say, know that the people aren't there to watch them. Um, so they want to stay out of they, they want to they they want to stay out of it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants 
restaurant delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan or veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to factormeals.com slash filmschool50 and use the code filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Again, that's factormeals.com slash filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Let's read these comments. Um, We have a lot of comments and questions, so shout out to the chat gang. I appreciate it. Lakers went up seven um, with five minutes to go against Milwaukee, against, against Memphis. Uh, the Lakers are going to win this series. This is going to be so funny. All right, let's go to these. Um, we can, um, Chris, I don't know if you're still, if you're still there, <laughs> but uh, we can tag team these. We can tag team these. Um, so I will throw the next one to you. So I'm going to the Jumbotron. Uh, Jordan Bubb says, do you think the Knicks will be 2-0 going to MSG? Do you think the Cavs have another level that they can reach in game two? What say you? Um, well, first of all, I say, what's up, Jordan? How you doing? Um, thanks for sending in a chat. You know, we appreciate y'all that send in the chats. And Jordan also is a big supporter of Draft Class and Dream and all of KFS's draft coverage that... I, uh, I have the honor of spearheading. So shout out, Jordan. Appreciate you sending in the question and appreciate the support as always. Um, I don't think the Cavs have another level to reach in game two. I do think they'll win game two. Yeah, I do. I do think they'll win it. Um, I just I'm not confident they have another level to approach as a team just yet. I, I do. You know, I can see someone that's not Mitchell having a great scoring game and and that being all they need to, you know, survive another bad Randall shooting night or or something of, of the like. So, you know, um, I still would have the Nixon six and, and yeah, a Cavs game two win at home would, would be part of that. Same here. I had, I had, I had uh, a split for the first two games. I had a split in the two games at MSG. I think I had, uh, I think I had Knicks losing game one, winning game two, winning game three, losing game four, and then the Knicks win game five, and then close it at MSG. That's how I, that's how I foresee it going. Uh, next, uh, another one from Jordan. Appreciate you. Um, Next physicality and death won't be going anywhere. And if calf stars have to play 40 plus minutes of physical playoff basketball, it will be advantage next throughout the whole series. Um, that I actually agree. Um, I, I think yeah, three of their, uh, Mitchell Mobley Garland and Allen overplayed all four played all played over 40 minutes. Um, I don't know how sustainable that is. I mean, it is a playoff. You're going to play your guys more minutes. Tom Thibodeau is smiling somewhere. Um, but yeah, that 40 minutes of Julius Randle ch- uh, sh- shoulder in your chest and Mitchell Robinson bumping you and Isaiah Harnstein leading on you and Josh and Josh Hart, you know, doing Josh Hart things um, is, is, is a lot. Uh We'll go to one more and then and then we'll get Brian up here real quick. Um, and this is from Mr. Morale. Shout out to you. Do you think our road home splits carry over to the playoffs? Game one is a positive sign. 
I'll say, and then I'll, I'll and then Chris can answer. Um, defense travels and rebounding travels. So, if you can defend at home, you can defend on the road. If you can, if you can rebound at home, you can rebound on the road. Um, so I don't see. So the things that they, it's not like. See, role players play better at home offensively. So it's not like we depend on our role players. We depend on our role players on defense just as much as offense. So I'm not concerned about I'm not concerned about that. Um, I would like to see a bounce back game from IQ. I would like to see um Quentin Grimes score more than five points, although he had the two big he hit two clutch ass free throws, which is the makeup for the minutes for the for the Bulls game on Christmas Eve Eve. But yeah, um, I think it can carry over. What say you, Chris? Oh, um, oh, I would say, I would say this. I think that the narrative with the home splits is that other teams come in and want to have a, a career game, um, and that the Knicks—it's just another game for them. So when they're at home treating it like just another game and the other teams coming in seeing it as something that's been circled on their calendar, it creates a natural disadvantage. I think in the playoffs, everyone's got every minute circled on their calendar. So, you know, um, the garden will also be rocking. You know, I think a lot of the, the home losses at the start of the year came from both the coaching management, as well as the tepidation of, of the home crowd, the, the quickness to boo Randall or, or, cheer for top in as an as a side-handed booing of randall um even when Toppin was on the bench you know ob Toppin to bring him in uh i think that created awkwardness whatever i, I think the knicks have been comfortable at home recently because they're just comfortable with who they are as a team uh they'll have the crowd behind their back that's nice um i don't see them being you know worse at home because of uh, a playoff environment and regular season early season against the Pacers, maybe, but not in the playoffs. All right, let's go to Brian. Brian, thank you for waiting. Um, welcome to the stage. What you got for hey us? Hey, guys. How we doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Um, good, good. Not bad, not bad. I've got a busy day ahead of me with homework, <laughs> but I get to procrastinate on study hall with you guys first, so I'll take that. Same. Well, this, that makes me feel old as fuck. Um, so, I was my question is being old. So, in the 90s, like, the Knicks rivalries were Miami, Indiana, and the Bulls. Who do you guys think in the next five years, just three teams that are going to be like the pain in the asses for the Knicks to kind of get to the next steps, which is interesting because Eastern Conference exclusive. Eastern Conference exclusive. Like, you know, when I saw people rooting against Miami, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I want Miami to beat the crap out of the Celtics in the first round. I think the Celtics are going to be a team that's going to be in the, the Knicks way for the next five years. And the minute they win a championship, once you get that knowledge, it's going to make Tatum a lot better. I don't want that to happen. Like, I don't think Milwaukee's going to be there. I think Milwaukee's got too many bad guys. They'll always be in the way, but they got too many old guys. And then Atlanta's one of them. They've got Giannis. I think they'll be there. But, but. they've got to, they, they're going to be there, but they're going to have to take a step back at some point because they've got some older guys that are going to have to get replaced. So I just one question, like, who are the three teams? You've got to pick three that are going to be, maybe it might even be Indiana if they make the right moves, even though they're bad now. So I was like wondering what you guys think. Can I contribute to the answer on this question? Because um, let, let Chris answer and then we'll, go for it. Go for it. and then we'll let everyone else answer. 
and fuck Trey Young. I was gonna, I was gonna let you go first, Shauna. I was gonna say not Philly because that looks like it's gonna get torn apart. Um, my dark horse, but the more I look at the teams, may not be so dark. Of you know, like the Magic, um, may may just be uh, one of the the favorite horses to win the race at this point. You know, uh, um, I think I would not have Detroit, but they're nah. Uh, yeah, no. Um, oh yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Milwaukee, Cleveland, Orlando. Um, uh, on the assumption that Boston, like that's Atlantic Division, that's like too easy. You know, in division rivalry, whatever. That's too easy. I'll, 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 I'll include the Magic. I guess if you want to say Milwaukee, Boston, um, and and the, you know whatever, make the Magic a fourth bonus team, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, you know, Cleveland, um, if they keep Mitchell in 25, then them for sure. I also think the Knicks are going to be very good soon. I don't know how many teams I'm going to view as like yearly roadblocks for them um, because they have all their picks. So that is, that's the key. I would say Boston, uh, and uh, really quickly, Brian, um, I hate Miami more than any team in the league. So I want Miami to fucking dirt every single dance twice on Sunday. Um, so uh, I will say Boston. I would say Brooklyn. And I would say the third one is the one that Chris said at the dark horse is Indiana. Um, if they can get a guy, if they can get someone in this draft, they can be Give around. Me that or land. Give me the Paulo Franz core over the Halle Matherin core. And no. uh, well, like I said, if they if Indiana gets a guy in this draft, um, and God forbid they jump up to the top three or top four, ugh, um, Milwaukee is sneaky old. Um, it's not very sneaky. So. Like Mensa always says, this is I've given I've given Mensa props all day today. That 2025 top four protected pick from Milwaukee is a sneaky good asset because they're old. Um, Atlanta is unserious. I don't take them seriously. Um, like we need like yes, they're unserious. Um, Philly, like you said, is about to blow up. Cleveland, if and when Donovan leaves, goodbye. Back to the projects for you. Um, Miami's done. Chicago, <laughs> whatever. Toronto's interesting um, because they have Masai and they got pieces and they, I mean, listen, I know we love to bang on Scotty Barnes, so do get, I. I'll throw a caveat on here. If they get Ahmed Thompson, not Scoot Henderson, or I guess when Manyama, but whatever, that's not a real caveat. Anyone could get one Manyama and end up on that list. If the Raptors get Ahmed Thompson, who's number four on the last board I put out, I think that's a place where I will give credit to Toronto's development and, and say he could be all defense, second team, plus all. I guess like by like his fifth year, like you know, candidate for All NBA third team, but doesn't make it, but makes All Defense second or first team, like that kind of just great star guard. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to say, man, I, I live in Florida, ninety minutes away from Orlando. Uh, the Magic, they're not going to be able to keep these kids. It dates back to Penny and Shaq and, and them boys, man. Uh, they're developing these kids like Pablo for, for other NBA franchises. They are poverty. Nobody wants to go to Orlando unless it's Disney World. Trust me, they're um, not going to be anything. NYK mentality. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a bit of a history lesson. 
I'm old enough to remember. I know that Ray Marcano said that we're not, we shouldn't say I'm old enough to remember unless you're like his age. I'm old enough to remember Orlando signing Grant Hill and Trace McGrady and being this close away to signing Tim Duncan a free agency. Orlando. I've been spending out the wazoo this year on social media promotions. I have gotten more. Now think about this. Think about how many cookies get collected by websites. Think about how many times I've physically been at MSG and I, I've been, you know, marked as being there on some geo, whatever the hell map. I get more sponsored Orlando Magic posts than New York Knicks posts because the Magic have put such a push towards promotion of Paolo this year and, and their team being competitive. Um, if they get a guy, you know, a, a Whitmore, um, a Henderson, a, a, a either of the Thompsons, you know, a Jarris Walker, e- even, you know, a Taylor Hendricks, whoever it is, right? And then they can take a, a real, you know, project type of guy too. Um, yeah, they're dangerous. You know, like let them get. Like, I think they're two, three years away from even featuring a winning record. And two, three years from now, I don't think I, they're going to keep their team. I, I, I want to push back on that a little bit. They were, it had a over, uh, up, in, up until they shut down their players. From the time they were five and twenty, so that was like a fifty-game sample stretch. They were not only over five hundred, and I believe a top fifteen net rating in the league. Um, and they Paolo and Franz are really good. Paolo and Franz are really good. Franz like had like a sneaky like. Obviously, he wasn't an all-star. Like, like he wasn't a serious oh, all-star. He, he was that. Le- he was the level of player where, like, you know how around the all-star conversation, I said, I don't think he should make it, but Aaron Gordon it's- should get a shout. Franz Wagner was yeah. that kind of guy this year as a sophomore. He is already making teams like Toronto for taking Barnes and Golden State for taking Wiseman look really bad. Um, or not? Can I, can I make a? a I want to make a top, probably, you know I, mean. I want to break a proclamation. Orlando will finish in the top six next year. Um, or sorry, Golden State took Kuminga over Wagner. Yeah, yeah. my bad. But uh, top six is. Really, high. I know it's ambitious. Um, I know it's ambitious, but like, it takes Kevin. It takes one team deciding they're a star away and going and chasing well, Beal or whoever the hell and getting yeah, six feet accidentally, like, like falling ass backwards into the play in. You know what? You know, like it, it's got to be, uh, or Miami going out and getting Lillard or some something like that. Like I would I, say, Magic play in next year. I'd, I'd buy that stock right now. Absolutely, well, that I'm. Uh, that I'm a hundred percent. You put the mortgage on that. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah. let's, uh, let's, let's give it back to Sean to get it back to Knicks. But that was, that was a good tangent. I got one quick Knicks tape when y'all ready. Let's do it. Let's, oh, let's do it. Right Go now, ahead. Sir. Yes. So like I'm, I'm a loyal, uh, just a loyal fan, a loyal person. If you look at the jumbotron, man, um, I posted the team that Tom Thibbs inherited in 2020, 2021. And this was the team that he inherited. I went 21 and 45 Alfred Payton. What's he doing? Reggie Bullock, Bullock, what's he doing? Frank um, Nilakina, what's he doing? Kevin Knox, I don't know what he's doing. Todd Gibson, where's he at? I don't even know how to say this guy's name, the 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 damn European guy, where's he at? And Dennis Smith Jr., where's he at? Also, on the first year that Thibs had the Knicks, he had to have players on the roster like Theo and Burks and Noel and Austin Rivers. The, he I, kept I'll the, respect Dennis Smith Jr. for ending Dallas this season. You know, and, and, and before I land, I just want to say, man, Thibs kept the three players. These three players was before he arrived, man. And, and I'm loyal to these dudes. Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and Mitchell Robinson, man. He kept them three players. So when, when we're hard on RJ and, and Mitch and Julius. Just understand, man, these three right here, 
that's who Tom Thibs decided to build around. Everybody on this Knicks team was built around them three right now, man. We've came a long way from that COVID season, man. Look at the Atlanta Hawks where we're at right now compared to the Knicks. We've came a long way, man. And just remember moving forward, it's them three players right there. R.J. Baird, Mitchell Robinson, and Julius Randle. They were here before Thibs turned the ship around, man. So those are three players I'm going to ride with. Appreciate your NYK mentality. Uh, stay out of Twitter fights because I know you be getting the people riled up, man. But I appreciate oh, no. you. If if you go at RJ Barrett and Julius Randle, we're fighting, man. We are fighting. We're getting the gloves out, man. We're putting the guns down, and we are Twitter fighting, man. RJ Barrett slander and Julius Randle slander and Mitchell Robinson slander. It's off. It's off limits for me, y'all. Carry on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Um, my son, Zach of an H, is not going to make noise in the background. Right, Zach? Maybe. Maybe not. There we go. All right. Let's go through these comments. Um, let's get through these comments. Rapid fire. Uh, this is from C.T. Pittman. Shout out to C.T. Um, he says, Moby reminds me of Mitch's first couple seasons when Embiid and others will bully him and push him around in the paint. I could not agree more. They are a like it's like that last rebound. The last rebound that Julius got that basically sealed it. Look where look where Julius is. Look where Julius starts when Brunson takes a shot, and look how he just gets in the position and just gets what's the name off the spot. Um, Lakers win 128-112. Lakers go up one nothing. They're gonna win the series in six. It's gonna be so hilarious. Uh, next five. <laughs> Nah, that's aggressive. Um, Johan Peter says, can we talk about Spide under pressure and pressure, please? He lost five times for Utah. If IQ shows out in game two and, we, and we're up 2-0, imagine Mitchell and NYC in game three. You know, I've seen Stephen A. Smith say, like, Donovan Mitchell has nothing to prove because he's a proven playoff performer. And I'm like, well, he... Blew a 3-1 lead in a YMCA in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Uh, he was the number one seed and let Terrence Mann and Paul George get him out the paint. Um, like, can, can, not that, not that Donovan Mitchell's bad, right? But, like, I'm curious to see, and I, and I said this during uh, Casual Friday, um, like these fake revenge games teams have against the Knicks is cool when you can do it once you come into the garden or whatever. And, you know, you decide that you want to show up in the garden and, 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 and show out because something the core Knicks quote unquote did to you where they, it was because they didn't draft you whatever, but it's hard to keep that same fake energy for six games. So I'm curious to see what happens. Cause like to your point, if they go down, if, if, if they drop, uh, if they lose game two, oh boy, listen, get, listen, MSG is going to be bumping anyway for game three, but God help them. If they're down three, if they're down two nil, um, all right, Mr. Murray, I answered that one already. Um, I'm going to, all right, Robert Cross, I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to wrap this up, but you're the boss. I'll bring you up here. Uh, Eminem says, uh, and Chris, you can grab this one if you want. What do you make of Garland saying that will punch us in the mouth? Praying for ref help or will the praying for ref help or will those softies try to get physical? I think they know they have to be physical. Um, That should have been the game plan from game one. Um, they got to come out and do a game too. You know, like it's it's the playoffs. You had to be physical every game. 
he knows their two seven footers got out rebounded by Julius Randle and Josh Hart and Emmanuel Quickly and all these guys who are just like boxed the hell out and disrupted putbacks and plays and all that stuff. Like they have to. They they know they have to. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna rapid fire through these questions, and then we're gonna let Robert Cross take us home. Um, what a, this is from Jordan again. What approach should Knicks go into Game Two? Play with a level of free and ease. Play with a level of free and ease, or play with a high level of aggressive desperation, like they're down two zero in the series. Um, that's a good question. They should just do what they. I mean, obviously, you you want to see improvements from RJ, but they should do what they did in Game One: be physical, share the ball, re- hit the glass, rebound. Just keep doing what you're doing. Like, let, like you don't have to adjust to them. They have to adjust to you. They're the ones that have to make the adjustment. Um, so, like, I think this team already always plays off like desperation. Like, this team never gives up. They don't give in. They don't. They don't lollygag. So we like, we know what worked. Keep doing it until and make them make an adjustment, and then we have to adjust to that. Um, all right, and all right, let's see now. Did I write that one? Uh, okay, Jordan Bob. This similar, this question is similar to the Eminem one, with reps being pretty shaky in Game One, with growing comments about after Game One about the officiating. Do you see Game Two whistle favoring more Cavs than Knicks? Uh, I th- can see that, you know, especially if. And I think someone had a question of like, do you see? Do you think? Yeah, it was Jordan said, do you think we see Scott Foster in game two? If you see Scott Foster in game two, you know what time it is already. You absolutely know what time it is. Uh, the third ones who got here. Uh, Jordan, again, who do you see having the better performance in game two? Garland or IQ? Hmm. I feel like IQ is going to have a bounce back game. I think he was just pressing too much and trying too hard. Chris, what do you think? Uh, better game. Um, I think I'm going to go with Garland because I think the Knicks are realizing that letting him score is fine. You just can't let him play make. So, you know, maybe Garland has 30 next game or whatever. Uh, doesn't mean it'll be best for the Cavs, but he might he might play really well. Okay. Jordan, again, do you see the possibility of the Knicks sweeping the Cavs? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no for selfish reasons and unselfish reasons. Unselfish reasons, it's really hard to sweep a team. Um, selfish reasons are if if the Knicks go up 3-0, I'm going to have a decision to make for game four um, because I have a lot going on that day and I don't want to have to make that decision. Um, And let's see if there's any more questions I forgot. Uh, I'm going through the chat. Uh, No, no, got that one. This thing is not cooperating. Uh, We got the RJ question, Scott Foster. We talked about Spider. We talked about Chetty Osmond Levert, home road splits. Oh, Andy P said, did y'all just break his hand? Yeah, I saw that. I don't know what happened to him. I hope he didn't break his hand. Um, That would stink. Uh, and Josh just got hurt from CT Pittman. Um, and Eminem, what do you make of a what do you make of Garland saying they'll punch us in the mouth? Oh, we just got that one already. All right, so thanks everyone for your questions. Um, we're now going to throw it to the boss, Robert Cross, who will take us home. Robert, what you got? Robert Cross going once. Robert Cross going twice. All right, we do not have Robert Cross. Well, that stinks. I really hope that you will take us home. Um, but so I'll tell you what, we'll wrap up here. 
Um, thanks to everyone for pulling up. We appreciate it. Uh, we're here every week. So listen, here's how to schedule goals. We don't so study hall is either Saturday or Sunday. We don't do study hall on game days. So if the Knicks play on Saturday, study halls on a Sunday. If the Knicks play on Sunday, study halls on a Saturday. Now, game three is supposed to be not game three. Game four is supposed to be Sunday. So game, so study hall will be next Saturday at a time that I will figure out. Like I said, I have a lot going on next weekend. Um, I we will figure it out, but just keep that in mind. Um, but please share to make sure if you're uh, like if you're in this room and you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to Nick's Film School podcast on wherever you get your podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. Um. Make sure that you check us out. So there will be, a, I'm assuming there will be a podcast on Monday with John and Jeremy breaking down game one and I'll have Outlook game two. Um, we have casual. We will probably do another. I'm, I'm, I wonder if we're going to do another uh, preview pod with the, with the Cavs guys. Um, oh, wait a minute. Is that Robert Cross? Can you hear me, Sean? We good? Yes, we can oh. hear you. Here we are. Sorry, man. I'm just trying to drive, driving through central Oregon. Listening to the vibes, want to thank both of you for spending time on Sunday celebrating our team and give some kudos to one of my favorite members of the casuals. Uh, I think you know Amenza talking about the Knicks in five. I want to be real clear. We're winning game two. We're going to be up two to nothing and the garden is going to be partying next Friday night. The vibes are immaculate and some flowers some flowers are in order been thinking about this right think about where this team is right now right we have the front office who's got stockpiled picks their last uh, acquisitions were Hart uh, Hart and Stein who else did we pick up in the offseason we got one other guy right number 11 number 11 Jalen Brunson there you go so big, I can't even remember him. Then you got Tom Thibodeau, and I was on Tom, you know, especially going back and forth with John. But he's provided stability, right? Look how stable this team is right now. Team was a joke back and forth for years, and Thibodeau brought stability. And the one guy who was a huge difference maker last night was Julius, right? Julius gets a lot of shit. Up and down, back and forth. But that game he played and carrying us in the first half, I almost knocked over a friggin' table when he got that rebound at the end, right? We are in a real, real good spot. Uh, Sean, I just got to ask you a question because I know you got a, a busy weekend next weekend. But after, yes, sir. after we go up 3 nothing on Friday, <laughs> do, you th- do you think you could do a... Uh, you and Chris can squeeze in a Bucks next preview before the seasons before the series is even over. Because I'll tell you right now, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, they can't box out shit. This series over, done in five games. Thank you both. I am not going to preview Knicks Bucks until there's a Knicks Bucks series. We will not tempt the basketball gods, Robert W. Cross. You hear me? We will not. I'm laughing because it's coming. Knicks Bucks, let's get it going. 
Look, all right, listen, I got next next week. I got a lot to go on. So like I said, I'd listen, a sweep will be hilarious because like I said, we will like we will all become parody accounts. But oh, man, we'll see. All right, Robert, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Appreciate you. Appreciate your appreciate your contributions to Nick's film school. And Robert um, Cross is a patron. And Robert is yes, Robert's a patron. And you, too. Can be a patron if you uh you you can join you can become a KFS patron. We start at for as little as the metal tier, which is seven dollars a month, and that gets you an extra podcast with John and Andrew. Um, access to our playback watch parties where we watch the games together. Those are always fun, and you get access to all the newsletters. Um, and then there is the Ewing tier, which which no excuse me, there is the Monroe tier which gives you access to our town halls. Um, I believe I should know this. I should know this, um, which are really good. And then our Ewing tier, you basically get everything you want. And that's so the Ewing tier $33 a month. The Monroe tier is $15 a month. The metal tier is $7 a month. Um, Ewing tier comes with like exclusively made merch. Like I'm talking like stitched hats, mugs, like, you know, like it's, it's for like a, a real a real KFS super fan that um just wants to rep and uh wants to help you know keep the lights on as people say uh, and, <laughs> at, and, at the and, virtual yes. KFS headquarters um but yeah on top of all that cool stuff uh, i don't even know which tier it is just go be a patron you'll get the discord um which is a cool chat where you can bother jeremy about cap stuff or me about draft stuff or uh john or andrew for the sake of bothering them or you know whatever it is um come hang out come chat with us you know it's like uh it's like a little like a little podcast that runs all day a little group chat with kfs so yeah being a patron is cool you should be one too uh even the kfs members are patrons we like literally subscribe and so we can watch the extra pods that john and andrew do because they're really good uh so yeah thanks sean thanks everyone for contributing um and and thanks for all the energy today uh helped made the show really good absolutely appreciate you all thank you everyone um we'll see you next saturday time to be determined i'm telling you robert it might be 11 a.m it might be noon because i got stuff to do in the afternoon so hey sean 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 i'm just saying get that nick's bucks preview going because we're going to the next round i I will mute you go Knicks and six is what i'm gonna stick with so you know until until we get there, you know, we can we can look at putting the easy pass on the card across the bridge once we can like see the bridge. We can talk about it. Exactly. So for Chris Persiani, I am Sean for W. Thank you for listening. Knicks Nation, let's ride. Knicks and six. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.